going to start reading at verse number 14. As we have been preaching here out of this central text, we have been referencing some other places here in Ephesians 5. But we have, this is week number three that we have been preaching here out of this sermon series on the uh, walk, the wisdom, and the will of God. And uh, we have been talking about our walk with God and looking at what the Word of God teaches us there and what we have been challenged and what, what challenges before us and, and how, do, how do we, how should we be walking with God. And so uh, we've been looking at this and so uh, tonight we're going to look here and actually we're going, to be, uh, we're going to be preaching here from the central text. The last couple of weeks I have read from this but then we have referenced some other places. But tonight we're going to be preaching here out of this uh, out of this particular text tonight. Ephesians 5 and 14. And if you're there with me, won't you say amen? The Bible says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. How many of you would agree tonight, you'd say, I want to be right in the middle of God's will. No other substitute for it. I don't want to be kind of beside it. I don't want to kind of be in the vicinity. I want to be right in the middle of it. I want to be in His will, the perfect will of God. And we have been looking at these things and how it gets us in line and, and our walk with God. And uh, after this sermon tonight, we're going to be delving into the wisdom. What is, what is godly wisdom? And we're going to talk about some things uh, that are, um, some things are just very practical. And we're just going to delve right into this and just unpack it and just spend time in the Word of God. And then we're going to be uh, wrapping up and talking about what the will of the Lord is and uh, understanding that. But uh, tonight, can we just pray one more time and ask the Lord to just anoint our hearts and ears uh, that we can receive of His Word tonight. He'd help us. Father, we thank You again tonight for Your people. I thank You for Your presence, for the Word of God. And Lord, I pray that You would anoint the precious Word as it goes forward. We know, Lord, it is sharp and powerful, quicker, Lord, than any two-edged sword. And Father, I pray tonight that You would, that you would uh, deal with our hearts. And Lord, to help us to anoint our ears to hear and our mind to understand and receive. And Father, I pray that you would anoint my mind and lips to preach as would bring you glory and honor. Fathers, we want to hear you. We want to know your voice. And Father, we just ask these things tonight in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. As we have made mention, there are three things that we have concentrated on in talking about our walk with God. We have talked about the fact that we have a distinct walk with God. 
And we talked about the distinction here in Ephesians, the fifth chapter. We find in verse number two that we are admonished that we walk in love. Love is the distinction. We find that Jesus, and I'm recapping some of these high points just to bring us back here into where we are at, uh, uh, go, or where we are going tonight with this, but uh, we understand that Jesus had, had uh, told the Sadducee that came to him, this man was a lawyer, and the Bible said that he had tried, he was wanting to tempt Christ. And he said, what is the greatest commandment? And we find that Jesus said, this is the greatest commandment. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. And he said, and the second is likened unto it, that you would love your neighbor even as yourself. Amen. Did you know, did you know that there are those that we can pride ourselves on keeping the law? We can pride ourselves on saying, boy, I mean my life, it lines up, I'm checking every box, and boy, am I living righteous. But they've got a problem with loving people. Come on here. They got a problem. They, they, can, they can love tradition. They can love religious routine. They can love all these things, but they don't know how to love people. And Jesus was saying, we got a problem there. He said, as a matter of fact, he said, upon these two hang all of the law and the prophets. He said, this is what it all hinges upon. And so we've talked about the distinction of our walk and how that is that we are walking in love. We are talking about the direction of our walk. Last week, talking about that and how we need to, as the Word of God reminds us in our reading in Ephesians 5 and in verse number 8, let me just recap. He said, but now are you light in the Lord? Walk as children of light. Amen. So we find, Brother Marvin, there is the uh, admonition to walk in love and to walk in light. And we were talking last week about how we must walk in the light of His Word, the light of the Spirit of God, the light of fellowship with Him, and the fact that so that we might know the direction, amen, of this walk with God. We are in a time as it seems that we even, I mean, for the church, for the greater part, there are so many that are just, I mean, so confused and there's such chaos in the lives of so many. I, we, don't have to, we don't have to talk about the chaos of the world. We don't have to talk about the darkness of the world. We are contending with darkness in the church. We're contending with confusion amongst the folks in the church. And it's not just babes in Christ, but we've even got what we would consider seasoned saints uh, who find themselves in this day and this hour I mean, on some things, just so backwards in our thinking, back 
backwards in our practice, backwards in what we set as priority. And we were talking about we've got to have direction once again. We've got to know the direction that God wants us to walk in. And in doing so, uh, we, we find the direction, focus, and clarity by the light of His Word, the light of His presence. And, and so we talked about that. And then thirdly tonight, if we can, we are looking here on what I will call the discipline of the walk. The discipline of our walk with God. As I said, we found as to where in verse number 2, we are to walk in love of Ephesians chapter 5. In verse number 8, we are to walk in light. And then when we find here out of our text, as we find in Ephesians 5 and 15, he says, see then that she walk circumspectly. And we're going to zero in on that tonight. And we're going to talk a little bit about the discipline of the walk, of our walk with God. Let me be the first to confess to you that it, it tends to get a little bit quiet, a little bit somber. It gets a little bit tight, as they would say, when uh, the preacher starts talking along a subject, something like discipline. And, uh, and so everybody starts getting in their mind and uh, maybe assumptions or preconceived ideas. Well, what's this going to be about? He's going to beat us up tonight. What's, I mean, what's all this, you know? Uh, because we sometimes cringe at the thought of discipline. And so tonight I want you to understand the context here in the Word of God as we have been commanded to walk circumspectly. The Word of God says that we are to walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise. And when we see this, I want you to understand that as the Lord began to deal with my heart in regards to this, that overwhelmingly that thought of a discipline, it resonated within my heart. And, uh, and just began to look at this and began to pray about this and study this out. I want you to understand that when it comes to uh, walking circumspectly, we find, Brother Coleman, this is a peculiar term as this, uh, this command is, is given. And we see that to walk circumspectly, it simply means this, that we are aware of circumstances and we are aware of potential consequences. In other words, the, the Latin form of this simply means this. It means because circum, meaning circumference, meaning round, the Latin of it simply means to look around, to pay attention, to be aware of your surroundings, to be aware of what is going on around us. I find it interesting the term there, to walk circumspectly, meaning to pay attention, to look around, to see what's going on. And I find it interesting that the beginning of our text, that the Word of God challenged us with this. He said, away 
awake, you that sleep. And he said, arise from the dead. Amen. There is a call we find here in the word of God of the fact that we as God's people and Brother Clark, that's who he was addressing. He was addressing the church that it is a time that we would wake up once again, that we would come out of our slumber and our sleep, that we would come out of the places and positions as to where we have succumbed to the comfort, the creature comforts of this life. Are you aware that we very easily and conveniently can find ourselves comfortable in dysfunction? We can find ourselves comfortable in sin. We can find ourselves comfortable with being disillusioned. We are comfortable often with being distracted. And we're finding more than ever before as we are walking on dangerous ground. We are walking in places as to where we are far removed from where God would have us to be. And in line with His Word or in line with His will to be in step with Him because we are slumbering, because we are sleeping, because we are staggering over the shadows, over the sin, over these things that are going on around us. And can I say, it is apparent everywhere we look, where we look at this way that our world is affected. I will say this, we can blame politicians, you can blame laws, you can blame what's been allowed, you can blame certain things, but I believe that the Word of God is true, and the Word of God says that judgment first starts in the house of God, and I will say I'm I'm tired of us pointing fingers at politicians and pointing fingers at this group and that group. Can I say that if we as a church would be awake, would be alive, would be in tune with the will of God, I can assure you it would blaze a trail and set a fire of revival that would burn in our society and begin to purge the things the things that are an abomination to God. Well, Brother Jacob, I take offense to that because I don't stand for that. I don't participate in those things. I don't vote in line with certain things. I don't do certain things. I don't go to certain things. I don't put my money towards certain things. But listen, this is, this is so much more than that. This is a spiritual awakening that must happen. This is something. We can boycott stuff all day long till the cows come home. And you ain't going to hurt anybody's feelings. I promise you that. You can go and you can, and you can hold a sign. You can wave a flag. You can stand on your soapbox. And some of you in here might get aggravated at me. Oh, you can put the bumper sticker on your car. You can do whatever you want. But can I tell you, there ain't enough bumper stickers and there ain't enough cardboard signs to wave around and get mad and huff and puff. But I'll tell you, we as a church, how do we see change? I don't believe that we can protest it through but you can pray it through. I don't believe that you can shout and scream it through until you're red in the face and made an embarrassment of yourself and of the Lord. But by goodness, we can as a church get back on our knees and wake up again and say it's high time 
to shake the slumber out of our eyes. He said, pay attention. Pay attention to what is going on. Pay attention to what is taking place. Pay attention. He said, walk circumspectly. Why, Brother Jacob, would you talk about that in a sense of a discipline? Let me read to you this definition of discipline and maybe we can help understand a little bit better. Discipline, listen, training expected to produce a specific character or a pattern of behavior, especially training that produces moral or mental improvement. You see, Brother Craig, I believe that when the Apostle Paul said, I die daily, that is, can also be interpreted in the fact that I have to bring myself under subjection. Matter of fact, that's a term that he used as well. He said, I've got to bring myself under subjection. I've got to, I've got to crucify this old man. Come on here. I don't care how expensive of a suit you put on him. I don't care how fancy the haircut. I don't care how expensive the cologne. I don't care how many church membership cards you got in your wallet. At the end of the day, we are flesh and bone. And we must come under the authority of the Spirit of God, the Lordship of Christ, and know that this fleshly man, his desires, his will, Jacob Smith's will, if I, Brother Michael, am going to walk in his direction, if I, my life is going to be in line with his will, I've got to die. He said, I die daily. And Brother Gary, what was he saying? I have to discipline I have to discipline myself. You see, there are many who like to claim being a disciple and run footloose and fancy free. And there's no accountability. And there's no dealing. You see them all the time. You deal with somebody in the church over an issue of their flesh... Maybe it's reared, it reared its head and it's acted out and it's done something. You start to deal with that thing, I'll tell you, you will see real quick. You'll see real quick who is disciplined, who is mature and able to handle correction. Because we have churches full of people who dare you to say something to them. They dare you to preach something to them that they may not agree with. We'll pack up our crew and we'll go home. We'll stop putting our tithe in the offering plate. Well, you can find you a brand new this person or that position or whatever the case might be. Can I say, we've got to learn and understand that we can claim to being his disciples and followers of him all day long. But did you notice that to be 
a disciple, the root word of discipline is right there in the front. It is to be disciplined in the will, in the word, in the ways of God to submit ourselves under his authority. Can I say tonight, friends, that if you want to find a full life and a rich life, because there are some we sit in here and we get nervous because we say that sounds restrictive. That sounds like a life that's boring. That sounds like there's no joy. That sounds like I'm just going to be a robot. No, here's what I found. I found his word to be true, Brother Tobin. And his word said if a man would lose his life for my sake, then he would find what life really is. And can I say, the more I let the Holy Ghost put his finger on my life and get myself under his subjection, the fuller and freer life really is. Life really is. Oh, we find this battle, and let me just tell you, it is a real battle because it's a contention with the flesh. The flesh don't like it. But he calls us to pay attention, to look around and see what's going on. The first thing that I think we need to look around at is take a good look at what's going on here. Take a good Because you see, some would say, oh, I can walk circumspectly. I can take a look around. I can tell you everything wrong with Sister Sheila. I could tell you everything wrong with Gerard Dyes. You just give me an hour and a notebook and a, pe- and a pen and I'll write you a book. Come on here. Some of us, we are so circumspectly. I mean, you, you know, you think that just means looking around being in everybody else's business. That means you just got everybody pegged and figured out. Let me tell you something. Jesus had something to say about that. He said, before you take care of that speck in your brother's eye, said, deal with that beam in your own eye. We are constantly called to pay attention and take a look at what's going on here. Now, here is the thing that is the challenge, is that sometimes it is not big, broad, drastic changes that are in our life, but it is a change that comes by variable of degrees. Degrees. Anybody here ever been in the Boy Scouts or Royal Ranger before? All right, there's a few hands. When you learn to read a compass and they take, they'll give you coordinates. If you're just off a degree and you stay off course in that degree for the whole time, you will not get to your final destination. You won't. And the problem is, is that we often are too busy paying attention to other things and we think, well, it's okay for me because it's not that big of a deal. I'm only, Brother Jacob, dealing with degrees of a matter. I'm telling you, degrees of a matter will send you to hell. It'll get you out of God's will. It'll get you at a point in a place when we're not paying attention that you look up one day and say, how in the world did I get here? How did I, how, how did I, how did I become this man I don't recognize? How, how did I become this woman I no longer recognize? There's nothing familiar about it anymore. There must be training. And what do you mean? There must be something, a commitment that is made every day in our walk with God to where daily we are finding ourselves, as, you, as I've already said, getting ourselves in subjection to Christ and to say, I need to pay attention. Lord, help me to pay attention. Give me me the perspective of heaven help me to see myself through the lens of your word help 
me, Lord. I told you a couple weeks back, I said something that the Lord has just had me praying. I mean, over and over, every time I pray, I pray this at some point in the prayer. God, help me to see myself the way that you see me. What do you see when you see me? What are you looking at? What is there? What needs to change? What, what needs to die out? What could be better? Oh, friends, can I say is that that has to be something that every day, can I say, we're not going to wander into a place of, of, of spiritual existence to where we are spiritually, if I, I, I kind of hate to use this word, but I can't think of anything else, where we are successful in a spiritual sense. You're not going to just wander there and show up there. It's going to take daily consecration. It's going to take daily disciplines. It's going to take a daily walk with God. Friends, we've got to quit living from Sunday to Sunday. We've got to quit living from revival to revival. We've got to quit living from decade to decade. Thank God for what he did back then. But honey, it's not enough to live off that experience years later. I need him now. I need him today. I need bread in this hour. May we learn and understand this is a daily walk. It's a daily walk. We have too many that are basing everything off of the time. That one time. Remember that one time I went to the altar? Remember that one time? Boy, I cried real good that one service. Ooh, I had goose pimples all over me. And boy, hallelujah. Heaven kissed earth and it was wonderful. I've had those moments. I've got several of them in journals written down. The very night that th certain things happened. Sister Janie... I could take you to the church I came up in and I can take you right in the spot in the carpet of the altar where God filled me with the Holy Ghost, where God called me to the ministry. There are places, there are memorials, there are things. But Brother Eli, I am not meant to live off the existence of that experience. I'm not. And we as a church, we're in danger because what has happened is we have succumbed to sleep because of something happened then. We are so comfortable right now. And I'm telling you, friends, take a look around in this world. What's it say? Be a, pay attention. Look, because I promise you, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. We are on the cusp. We are on the verge. We are seeing. I mean, the Word of God says, Behold, I stand at the door. I'm even at the door. And Brother Michael, we are so enamored with so many other things. We have to awaken again. Rise from the dead. Oh, can I say, wouldn't it be wonderful that the whole church would just welcome in the resurrection power of the Lord? You ain't even got to wait till Easter. He's the resurrected Savior every day. He's got power over the grave every day. Some of us dead in tradition, dead in religion, dead in experience. I want the one that holds the keys of hell in the grave to walk in here every time. I want him in my life every day and call my name out of the tombs. I don't want to die because there are many sitting on a church pew absolutely lifeless. Lifeless, no consistent walk, no clear direction of God's will for their life. Evading God's dealing because they don't want to have to confront the issues going on within themselves. It's too easy to blame everybody else, condemn everybody else, but you leave me alone. These things I've been talking about and we have to practice, put it into practice.
there are some things that when they become a part of our daily discipline, that I said this last week, in the beginning, Brother Danny, the flesh does not like it. Now, I don't say this to shine my halo, because for some, this is not a big deal. Some of you probably haven't done this for a long time, and if you do, if you do this, I'm not saying that you're wrong. But a couple of years ago, I decided I'm not going to drink a soda anymore. And I just made up my mind. That's what I was going to do. I didn't like the way it made me feel. I, didn't, I, I, just, I just wanted to make a change. And so I didn't look ahead and say, well, two years down the road, three years down the road. So this January was two years I haven't taken a drink of soda. And, but there in the beginning, it was a daily decision. I could, I could be in a restaurant, brother, picking somebody, sitting across from me, boy, they get an ice-cold Coca-Cola. I mean, it's, it looks like the commercial. I mean, it's just bubbling, and you know how they do that, that ice cube, just kind of, and I'm sitting there thinking, that, that I, I've got to have that. I've just, this is what I need. And, and so the waitress would come around, what, what you going to have to drink? And I'd have to, I'd have to spit it out, whoa, 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 whoa. water. Or I will drink tea or I will drink lemonade, but that's about the selection of what I drink. And, but it didn't come automatically. There were days. And you know what? I've reached a point now, you could drink 15 sodas in front of me and it don't matter. I don't care. Now, I've had one soda that everybody likes when the preacher confesses. I've got one soda that sometimes, boy, it gets me. And that is... A root beer. And I think it's because it has that distinct smell and a distinct taste. And so sometimes, I, sometimes, Brother Chad, I still, I still fight uh, wanting one of those. But, but what I'm getting at is, is all of us, there are some things in our lives that you have made it a discipline. And we can do that spiritually speaking as well. Let me say it like this. We must do that. We must do that. When we take a look at the early church and when we take a look at the generations before us, we come to find the power of God so real, a move of God that was transforming lives. But one of the things that was a common denominator is that there was some disciplined, consistent walk every day in their life. I'm not saying that these were perfect people. But I will tell you is this, is that they had positioned themselves in such a way to find themselves disciplined in their walk with God, to walk circumspectly, to look around. Jesus, Brother Danny, if you'd come, Sister, uh, Sister Haley's in the back. If you'd go ahead and come, Brother Danny. We, uh, one of the things that we find that Jesus had told him, he said, he said in that when they said, Show, tell us the signs of your coming. What do we look for? And one of the first things that Jesus had said, he said, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. We've got to be looking. We've got to be paying attention. Walk circumspectly to see the consequences that are ahead. I, can, I really can probably spend another sermon on this because there's a lot that we can cover in regards to how many times that we don't count the cost, that we are moving too rapidly. We're just making decisions on the fly. And guess what happens? There are casualties in the wake. 
Because we're not thinking of what the consequences could be. Wisdom. Paying attention. Making a consideration. Being prayerfully considerate about things. There's been times I know that in certain things it might seem like, well, Brother Jacob seems to maybe drag his feet on this or not wanting to do this. And it's not a, it's not a matter of not wanting to or not, not making a decision. But there are some sometimes, let me just say it like this, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. There's folks. I mean, they'll come to me. Hey, I've thought about this, and I've thought about this, and what about this? And that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I'm, I'm glad there's ideas. But a lot of times we have a tendency, go to the pastor, I'm going to dump an idea on you, and then I'm going to go on down the way. I'm just going to go on and, you know, you figure it out, preacher. You, you, you get it taken care of. And there are some things that I believe definitely that God has for us, wants for us as individuals, as a church family. But there are some things, I'm just going to be honest with you. I want to be disciplined in the fact to know when it's right, to know when to do it, when God says go and when God says wait. Right? I have seen congregations suffer because of brash decisions. I have seen families suffer because people were too quick in, in doing something. And they were very spiritual about it. They were very spiritual about it. Oh, but this is what God told me to do. I mean, God told me to do it. God told me. He did. He told me. And then when things don't go as perceived, boy, I mean, everybody's getting blamed. Friends, we've got to be, I want you to understand, eternity is at stake. Walk circumspectly. Pay attention to what is going on. And if I can say this, if I've ever felt the Holy Ghost in anything, quit being in such a hurry. Just somebody needs to learn. You just look somebody and just say, just pray about it. Seek the Lord about it. Pay attention to what's going on. Isn't it funny how sometimes we want to dive into so many other things, but we refuse to pay attention to what's happening right here and what needs to be done here. What needs to be done here. What I'm thankful for, though, is that to me it seems, maybe I'm the only one, I don't think I'm the only one, but it seems that in 2022 God has been really working on this in this church body the way God's been moving the way he's been dealing Sunday was a sovereign move of the spirit and he was dealing brother Pickens with his lordship getting ourselves surrendered and submitted because if we can get that right brother Eli if we can seek first the kingdom of God all these other things shall be added all of them can we bow our heads all over this house tonight? Father, I thank you. I thank you for each and every one that is here tonight. And I thank you for your word. Father, I just pray tonight you would challenge us. Lord, that we would wake up. 
Lord, that we would shake off the grave clothes, that we would allow you to loose us from the grave clothes. And Lord, that we would hear your voice again, that we would step back into life. And Lord, that we would walk and exercise godliness. Lord, that we would walk circumspectly, a discipline, a training ourselves to look, to be cognizant, to be aware, to understand there are consequences, to understand that there are things attached to our decisions. There are lives that are impacted by what we do or do not do for you. Lord, I pray help us at first we take an inward look Lord, that we see what's going on before we can help anybody else up. Lord, we've got to allow you to deal. We've got to subject ourselves to your lordship, to your word, your will and your way. Father, I pray you'd help us. I pray deal with us. I pray wake us up out of comfortable places. Wake us up. Pull us away from being those who only chase certain experiences. And realize that we need a daily walk with you. Lord, we need a daily walk. A consecrated, disciplined walk. Where we are subjecting ourselves to you. And training ourselves. Making the decision every day. And sometimes every moment. To yield ourselves to your plan. To your purpose. Father, I thank you tonight. And I pray, do the work. Do the hard work. The hard work of what's going on inside of us. And Lord, let us be willing to allow you to do it. Shake us and change us. Wake us up and challenge us, Lord. We can't afford to stay the same anymore. We can't afford to stay the same. If that's your heart's prayer, if tonight you'd say, Oh, I, I want the Lord to wake me up. I want the Lord to deal with me. I, I, I want to walk circumspectly. Help me, Lord, to pay attention. Help me to be disciplined in that walk. Help me, Lord, that I'm, uh, I'm allowing myself to be trained and surrendered to the Spirit of God. Yielded to the leadership of the Holy Ghost. If that's your heart tonight, why don't we come and spend some time in these altars before we leave this place? Why don't we come and can we just tonight say, Lord, let me start right here and right now. Let me just say, here I am. I'm surrendering myself. Here I am, Lord. All of the things, Lord, all of the things that make up who I am. What's in my DNA? Lord, all of the things, all the good, all the bad. All the places in between. But Lord, wake me up. Wake us up, Lord. Oh, revive us again and renew us, oh Lord. I pray you'd renew callings. And I pray you would challenge us, Lord. We'd awake out of a slumber. The slumber of, of compromise. The slumber of dysfunction. The slumber of satisfaction. Lord, the slumber of, of, of chasing or holding on to, to what, memories of what were. And Lord, not realizing that you want to take us into new places, into new experiences with you. Lord, forgive us for lacking. Forgive us, Lord. Oh, and shake the scales from our eyes. Help us to see. Help us to hear. Help us to know. Oh, Lord, let us walk circumspectly. Help us to look.